0: So I'm going to (laughs) talk about the time I gave my sister a concussion, which I always feel very (laughs) weird telling this story, but I gave my sister a concussion. It's probably the only time I've ever hurt anybody. And (laughs) it was unintentional. So I guess I shouldn't feel that bad. But basically my sister and I, she's my stepsister. So, you know, we weren't around each other all the time. When I was younger, we were a lot more confrontational with each other. I don't think that she was. She probably didn't understand because she's about four years younger than me. But I was a little bit more confrontational because I didn't understand things. And so we were young, and she didn't know how to roller skate. And for some reason, I took very great offense to this. And I was like, I'm going to teach you how to roller skate because it's the best thing in the world. And I do it all the time, and you should be able to, too. So I was teaching her how to roller skate. She didn't know how to do it at all and was just going around on our little tiny driveway. Managed to go. And I mean, like this driveway, as flat as possible. Managed to go on the one part of it that had a drop. Went down it and then landed on her head. So then we had to take her to the hospital
1: because she had a concussion
0: and a felt really
1: bad (laughs) i like how my last story was i almost got paralyzed from the neck down and then i got lectured did you go to the hospital and yours is like she fell and hit her head we took her to the hospital
0: (laughs) no but it just she was probably too young really and i just i felt it (laughs) and especially like because you know We didn't spend that much time together. I'm not really, especially at that time, I wasn't super used to having siblings. So it was just kind of one of those things where, like, I hurt somebody and I was like, oh my God, you have to go to the hospital? I'm traumatized for life. And then I felt really bad because, like, she couldn't go to sleep. And I think, like, I was there for a while, like, watching her in the hospital and then got taken home and I just felt really guilty.
1: Yeah, you definitely weren't used to siblings. All we did was hurt each other. (laughs) but. Uh, There's so many stories about my siblings and I like hurting each other greatly. (laughs) I'm more used to the notion now. I'm very good about play
0: fighting and, you know, like that kind of stuff, but I won't hurt people. But this was like one of those times where like I very clearly like hurt somebody like they had to go to the hospital. And that's not really something that's happened. I think like the only the only times like really I've ever had to go to the hospital is like somebody's very sick. Or the one time I had to go to the hospital because I cut myself on a pizza knife. (laughs) So it's not a common thing for me, and they always stick out in my mind every time, and it's always a dramatic
1: experience. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) This is Passion for Your Passions, where we talk about hobbies and obsessions to distract us from the existential dread. I'm Julie. And I'm Krista.
0: And today... Julie is talking about baking. On your marks, get set, bake. All right, everybody. So today we're going to be interviewing Julie, which you all know Julie, so this is kind of weird, but we decided after the gaming episodes that we kind of wanted to do something that was a little bit more personal, a little bit more strictly about us. So we're going to talk about Julie and her passion for baking because this doesn't super involve me. I mean, I will talk to Julie, but it's not quite the same as the video game episode where we both have things to say. So in a sense, I will be interviewing Julie. So what are we talking about, Julie, besides just baking? Let's let's get more specific than that.
1: <laughs> so I kind of wanted to head this with saying there is a difference in what I do from baking I do more of what's considered pâtissier, which I do say that very lightly because to be a pâtissier is really intense. Like you have to go through all these schoolings and like certificates and stuff like that. So when I say this, I do not mean I am a pâtissier. And or if I wanted to open up like if tomorrow I wanted to open up a shop to sell cakes, I'd be considered a bakery because I don't have those certificates and so on and so forth but I like to think of myself more in that style because baking is more about breads and about the timing and being in the oven and so on and so forth. It's not strictly desserts, but I am strictly desserts.
0: (laughs) So essentially what you're saying is you haven't gone to baking school.
1: No. You're self-taught.
0: Self-taught. TV-taught, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, it's fine. There's no shade there, but that's that's what you're meaning to say. You're not like a professional pastry chef.
1: No, no. I like to daydream that I am. That's all. <laughs> that's fine. We all have our dreams. <laughs> all of our dreams in our kitchen.
0: So beyond just patisserie, how broad are we talking? Or how specific are we talking?
1: Pretty broad. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to master so many things in this realm that it's really hard for me to kind of break it down into more specific details. So I, the most specific I'm going to get is we're talking about desserts. <laughs> not, I'm not a very much into bread baking. I dabble, but very fixated on desserts, I would say. Do you ever do like, you know, breads with glazes, that kind of type of thing? I have. Um, I pretty much dabbled in every degree of it other than sourdough, because that's just, it's a lot. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make my own yeast from years of family Passings on and nonsense. So, I actually made a fruitcake <laughs>
0: recently. All right, yeah, this
1: <laughs> fable fruit, fable fruit cake. cake. Uh, I've made a couple fruitcakes recently, which is very old style baking. <laughs> Did your dad like it? So I made two. Well, technically I made three. But I made two different kinds. The first kind was a modernized, quick one. He didn't like that a whole lot. He didn't want to tell me that. He was kind of like, "Yeah, it's fine." I'm like yeah, I knew you wouldn't like it. <laughs> I tasted it. It's very spice, like it's Christmas spice, and I knew he wouldn't like it that much. But it was my quick one. It was only four weeks. The other one will be done, I think, next week, and it's a lot better. It's very, very old-fashioned, and it's with peaches and almonds and all this stuff. How do you already know it's good? Why? Because I've been nibbling on it. Oh. Okay. Maybe I don't understand how a fruitcake is made. Oh, so you bake the bread. And it's a dense fruit bread, as you can probably imagine. Then you preserve it through alcohol. Mm -hmm. In this case, I used a cheesecloth. So you take a cheesecloth and you soak it in rum and sherry, and you wrap the fruitcake, and then you store it for weeks at a time. (laughs) And every other week or so, I take it out and redo the cheesecloth with the alcohol. I'm now
0: understanding why your dad likes this. Rum.
1: (laughs) Rum is the answer. (laughs) Alcohol
0: and baking.
1: Well, the funny thing is I was talking to my mom about it. Fruitcake has a bad rap now because... Nobody makes it like that anymore. Nobody makes it how it was traditionally made. They do the quick fast food variation of it, which is literally just like lard and Crisco in a sponge cake with a bunch of fake fruit. So that's what people always think about when they think fruit cake. They don't think this very expensive <laughs> overdone cake that I've done, where it's like this has $80 worth of fruit in it and all these different flavor spices and it's co- coated in rum and butter and nonsense. And it's just. Insane. But to be fair, ramen baking very good.
0: Had a friend from work who made me rum balls once. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Like Do you, know, if you guys if you've never had rum ball, just have They're easy it. to make. Oh my gosh, it's like one of the best desserts. <laughs> it's I can't even explain why because it doesn't even taste alcoholic. No. It's just something about the flavor combination is just really good. So, well,
1: it was funny because as much as I've been destined to be an alcoholic in my life, I I was buying alcohol or having people buy it for me when I was younger, like 18 and 19, because I was baking with it all the time. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is what it needs. It needs this sherry. It needs this orange liqueur. It needs this. And so I've always had alcohol because I was like, I bake with it. It's so much better. <laughs> okay. So do you want to
0: talk about why you started baking? Because, I mean, I feel like I've kind of always known you to cook, but... I guess according to you, you didn't really start baking until recently. Right. So I
1: kind of have three starting points in a weird way. I thought about it in depth today. So I grew up dirt poor, really poor. And I mean grew up as in like single digit ages. So my mom started to cook because that's the cheapest way to live, especially when you have two boys and a daughter at home. And that's always, that's a sore spot for me. Cause people always say like, I'm too poor to eat healthy. And I'm like, yeah, too poor to eat healthy. Like the media tells you you're supposed to eat healthy. That's not what that is. I was too poor as in like, I can't eat chicken nuggets. Like that's too expensive. We ate, my mom would get like a whole chicken and process every part of it and use every part of it for her food. To me, that's what poor is. Like to me, that's, you get what you find and you make it work. It's not, oh, I guess I'll have to eat McDonald's cause I can't afford to eat red lobster. Like fuck off. Like I just, it's one of my sore spots when people are, are like, well, I'd be healthy if I could afford it. It's like, yeah, you can't go and buy a whole bushel of expensive organic apples to eat for breakfast and then go have a smoothie at the gym. No, but that's not an excuse. That just pisses right. me off. Yeah.
0: It's, I mean, that whole that topic, it's It's a complicated topic because, I mean, part of it probably is people not feeling comfortable enough to cook because, I mean, you know, our education system doesn't really value that anymore right. because once upon a time, our education system valued home ec. And they don't really do that anymore. So there's a plenty of people who just straight up, like, if you gave them pasta, gave them boiling water, would not know what to do.
1: Yeah. Which if someone came to me like that, I'd be totally happy to just sit down and teach them how to make stock and do all this stuff. Like people always come at me with the, so we have to eat fast food. And I'm like, that is expensive. Like, you... <laughs> it's the opposite. I was too poor for that. <laughs> like, this is stupid. And it just, people never address it the right way with me. And I just get really mad. So anyway, so I was (laughs) too poor. We always cooked. So I started cooking when I was like seven or eight, just simple stuff, helping my mom in the kitchen. But mom is not a baker. She's never really been a baker. So I was never exposed to that in any way. Anytime she tried to make rolls or something, it would just go horribly wrong. (laughs) So I was always terrified of making bread because my mom was so bad at it. I'm like, that's where I learned. I can't do it. (laughs) So I've always been cooking. And then um, we started a tradition because my step-grandmother loved making pies and she'd always have pies for us when we'd come over and visit my grandfather. And this started the pie, the infamous. Oh my gosh.
0: Are you going to tell me the origin story of the pie? I'm going to try.
1: <laughs> Cause young. I'm not sure
0: that I'd know the origin story. Like where did this come from? How did this come? Okay. Okay. Before, because there's going to be plenty of people who don't know what the pie is and why we're talking about this like it's a fabled legend. Uh, the pie is this dessert that I've had because, you know, I've always been around. <laughs> <laughs> around, I've always been around family. Julie's family. And it's like cherry cordial mousse. That's probably the best way. With chocolate. Does cherry cordial normally the Cherry have cordial chocolate?
1: has chocolate and cherries, but they okay. don't have almonds.
0: So it's like cherry cordial with almonds. It's like amaretto? Maybe? I don't know. Because I know amaretto is cherry almonds. But yeah. then not chocolate. So I don't know. It's some kind of weird <laughs> triad mixture between the three. But normally when I tell people, I'll say it's like cherry cordial. Because normally they know what that means.
1: <laughs> right. So for years, every birthday, we got to ask for a dessert. Every one of us asked for the pie. For like eight years. (laughs) So every birthday, my mom would have to make two of this pie. And it came from my step-grandmother. She used to make pies for us every time we came over. And she had the classic lemon meringue with that you know fluffy meringue top. And she had uh, coffee cakes, all this kind of stuff that was very typical traditional. She was very classic. And then this one pie came up. It was new. She decided to make it. And it came off of like an old Philadelphia cream cheese box. Like it was... Like you don't wouldn't recognize the box anymore. That's how old this thing is. Yeah. She got it off of there and just tried it. And my grandfather wanted my mom to try it and then it just became a thing. My dad showed up, like it was before I was born. My dad came in and he tried a piece of it. It was instantly hooked and just told my mom, like, you're getting that recipe. <laughs> you're taking it home. To be fair, if if I can chime in,
0: it is is probably one of the best pies. I think everybody I've ever had try this pie, likes it. I guess maybe if you don't like cherries, but to be fair, it's more like maraschino cherries than it is like a regular cherry. But like, seriously, everybody I've ever had try this pie really likes it. Cause see, the thing that's kind of weird is normally I don't like sugar pies. I don't like chocolate pudding pies. I don't, I don't like anything that kind of falls in that sugary, fluffy, whatever range. I tend to like fruit pies but this is that exception for me. If I want a sugar pie, that's the pie that I want.
1: So yeah, that's, that kind of started our, my obsession with desserts unknowingly. Like I didn't really go, oh, this pie is a great, I'm gonna learn other pies. No, it was just the pie was a <laughs> hell of her fixations. And then my mom obviously got irritated with this after forever and I don't know why, but she decided she wanted to start making cheesecake. I didn't ask her cause I was a kid and she started making cheesecake. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> A good life. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so then cheesecakes kind of became this thing in our family that we're masters in making cheesecakes. That's the thing that my mom can ace every time. She was making various cheesecakes of all different flavors and types and styles. And we even make this old Italian cheesecake. Like that's the original ricotta cheesecake. Oh my gosh. Well, shit. You need to make this
0: for my husband.
1: <laughs> yeah. He loves cheesecake. Why does this never come up? <laughs> I make him tiramisu. That's why. Well... He yeah, loves that's cheesecake, right. just okay. F one.
0: It's God. like his favorite.
1: Well, I thought tiramisu was his favorite. It's, I think tiramisu is
0: if you're going to offer him cake. But if you're talking about like his favorite dessert, it probably is cheesecake. Okay. Well, so. you should
1: have already known this. You've been around my family how long? I, th- <laughs> I didn't know. I don't think you've ever made a cheesecake. Well, I've made many a cheesecake.
0: I think I remember one. But it's been a very long time since you've made me a cheesecake.
1: Okay, well, it's because I have different skills now. To me, that's beneath me. (laughs) I have evolved past it. It was my first stages. Okay. So my first dessert I made, and I don't mean to say, like, I probably made cookies and brownies and little things like that with my mom. I'm not saying I didn't do that. But the first dessert that I was like, I'm making this, this is mine, was a chocolate cheesecake with chocolate ganache. And I made it, I think, my senior year of high school for a chocolate Dessert drive that we had or something i'm like i'm gonna make this chocolate motherfucking thing <laughs> and i did it it tasted so intense <laughs> but i did it right like it just velvety cheesecake and that smooth ganache on top it was beautiful did people buy it my teacher bought it he like oh. came because i told him i was like working really hard it was my band director i was like i worked really hard on this thing it took so much effort and he's like, okay, I'm coming to try it. And then he just bought it before the drive even started. What for this? I'm just taking this. <laughs> he's like, I've I've already licked it. Give it to me. <laughs> like he's just, he was bound and determined. He's like, you're not selling this. <laughs> I'm taking this with me. <laughs> that seems like cheating, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I think he paid like 28 bucks for it. So snap. <laughs> so I'd say like, that's probably, that's part of my origin story is that was when I was more... Import, desserts were more important to me the next part of what I think is my true beginning story sorry this beginning so long I thought about it but this is how it has to be told about three or four years ago I I always used to watch baking shows with my mom in passing we watched sci-fi and baking <laughs> It was mom and I's thing, and it recommended I watch the great British baking show on Netflix because I watch a bunch of British TV I was like what's this clicked on it and then became obsessed because it's an amazing show. And I really thought about it. I was like, why, why this show? Like I've watched so many cooking shows and baking shows in my life. Why did this one have such an impact? And I thought about it and it's because they're regular people. These people are not professionals. So they're really relatable. Even when they do stuff that you're like, oh my God, I can't imagine doing that. So watching them go through the process just makes them so much more relatable. You see some of them just go like, I have no idea if this is gonna work. <laughs>
0: Great British Bake Off for anybody out there who hasn't watched it, it is, it's a very good show. I mean, the thing that Julie's talking about, I would definitely say is true too. For example, if you watch, I don't know, like Cutthroat Kitchen or uh, what is it like Master Chef, mm-hmm. like some of these ones, you'll watch it and you'll watch these people bake. It literally feels like it is so much on another level. You'll see the end product and you're like, that is impossible. Right. I don't even know how you made that, let alone think about how I could make that. But Great British Bake Off, it kind of feels like, it feels kind of like home baking.
1: Yeah, and then when they do mess up or when there's things that aren't correct, the judges will tell them what happened, which I appreciate so much because other shows just be like, well, that's, didn't turn out, did it? And then they just walk away. (laughs) Well, that's shit. (laughs) (laughs) How is that conductive? I don't understand. (laughs) So this is, that show just made me want to be good at baking. I'm sure a lot of people have felt this too, where they're just, okay, now I think I could bake. I want to go bake something. And how I did it because of who I am as a person is I was like, all right, I want to make creme brulee. I love creme brulee. It's three ingredients. It's not that expensive unless I get fancy vanilla bean, which I did, but you know, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to get really good at this because I tried one time when I was really young, Well, when I was like 17 and I couldn't do it. It tasted like egg because <laughs> it's the hard part about creme brulee. So I tried it and I worked at it for like a month. And now I have, I've not had anyone make a better creme brulee than I make now. And I went to like a five-star French restaurant and tried it and went, I'm better. I'm the greatest. (laughs) I wanted to slam the table like, I will challenge (laughs) your chef to prove I am a five-star quality baker with creme brulee specifically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for a while, Julie and I would go to restaurants and she would order the creme brulee just to take a bite and be like, Mine's better. <laughs>
1: yeah, every time. And it's it's really fun. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It feels so great to be so good at that. It's it's interesting to me, too, that that's one of your big ones. Because I feel very
0: neutral about creme brulee. And I think part of the reason is, is because I've not had a lot of good ones. I think there was, like, one time you and I had one together. And you were like, this one was pretty good. And I thought it was pretty good. But most of the time I get creme brulee, I
1: kind of end up being like, eh. Yeah, it's very much an easy one to manufacture for people. So I can, that's why I'm like, nope, this one sucks. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) So that was the first thing. It took me about a month. And then, of course, because I'm insane, I was like, you know what? They make macarons all the time. I've never even had a macaron. I'm going to try to make a macaron. And three months later, I finally did it. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's so, I hate macarons. (laughs) Like so much. I hate them so much. And this is, this is turning into a rant. I'm going to pause. We're not going to do this rant. I'm going to continue my story. I will come back to this rant. Oh my gosh. Savor, savor, savor savor the rage. Um, (laughs) so I will come back to that, but I made macarons and I finally did it. It took, it took so many tries and it was so hard. I learned every single mistake you can possibly make with macarons. I'm at the point that people, friends of friends will send me a text and be like, I hear you bake. (laughs) I'm like, what? yeah what's up Do you need cupcakes or something i'm trying to make macarons and i just go send me a picture like show me where you're at and i can tell them exactly what they did i can tell them like within the second of what they fucked up like that's that is how articulate and exact i am about macarons now and yes it's macaron not macaroon you said that you're saving the rage no this is different rage (laughs) separate rage i have multiple levels of rage when it comes to this I just know people are going to be like, isn't it macaroon when they're listening to this? It's not. It's macaron. I'm not saying it the British way. I'm saying it correctly. There's a difference. There's not two O's in the end of it. It's not a coconut cookie. It is a macaron. Anyway.
0: This is Julie not raging. This is
1: me not raging. <laughs> so I, from there, I went to tarts, and I just kept doing that. I just kept like things that would come up on Great British Bake Off. I'd be like, that sounds awesome. I want to make that. I want to taste that. And it just got me in different flavors. Like I started working with floral flavors because... I'm from America, I don't use all the same flavor palettes. Like we never really use rhubarb or passion fruit. And they Mm. just kept doing these things. And I was so curious and I wanted to taste these things. And the best way, in my opinion, to taste these things is fresh. And you can only really do that if you make it yourself. So I just kind of kept going from there. And I don't eat a lot of desserts, funny enough. I'm very much, like Krista said, I'll take a bite and be like, "Eh." (laughs) huh. Even when I make it, I'll be like, there's so many things I could have done better. And I kind of push it aside. Besides when you make ugly cookies at night. Yeah, that that's stress. That's not, <laughs> it's not it's not it's not the same. <laughs> cookies are a different thing for me. I love cookies. So whenever I make desserts, I have to find a way to get rid of them. And I say that because that's how it feels to me. I'm like, who who would eat this for me? And it's not because it's bad, it's just I don't have any friends. I don't know what to do with this. So I usually take it to work. And so i was like every other week or so I'd be taking in food to work at my office. And so obviously people just kinda tag me as like dessert maker and one of the people i was actually friends with at my office he was turning 30 and his wife like set up a surprise birthday party through facebook and i messaged her i was like yeah let me know if i can help with anything and she's like actually i was hoping you could make the cake i said uh sure i could possibly do that at this point i hadn't done any decorative baking all of my baking was technique oriented in flavor and texture it was nothing to do with the appearance really other than if I just felt like it so this was kind of intimidating I was like I've never done like a birthday cake <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do and she said she wanted a Captain America theme and kind of showed me like some stuff on Pinterest so I ended up making like this three tier or not three tier three layer chocolate salt salted caramel cake which is one of my best cakes that I make And I did a mirror glaze on it that was the cobalt old-fashioned Captain America blue. I did a fondant white star, and I made cupcakes in red and white rings, so it looked like Captain America's shield. And this is what really got me into where I'm at now. This was like the starting point for me making decorative cakes, which is probably my hot spot, I would say. I'm making decorative cakes and projects like every other weekend, at least once a month. And it's all because of Corey and his wife. (laughs) Because they had me make a Captain America cake. And I'm still proud of that cake. I can still actually look at that picture and go, that was a great cake. Versus 90% of the other stuff I do where I'm like, man, that was shit. (laughs) Why did I let anyone take a picture of that?
0: It was a pretty good cake. I remember you showing me that one. I'm pretty still proud of that. But I mean, you you love Captain America, so maybe that's...
1: Felt my spirit in that cake. He's my boy. <laughs> you put your whole soul. My whole heart
0: was in that cake. For Chris America. Evans, Captain America. You're <laughs> my <was a> boy.
1: <laughs> and then, okay, so the third part of this long, how I got into baking. I thought about it today because I'm at a weird point in baking. I've hit kind of a wall in a way where I'm amateur at everything. Like I can do a little bit of everything and I'm better in some places than others when it comes to decorating. In order for me to get better than this, I have to really fixate. I can't do what I've been doing where I've been dabbling everywhere. I need to fixate on buttercream design or sugar work or chocolate or whatever else comes to my mind, fondant work. And I've decided on sugar work. And it's because I, it came to me, I distinctly remember my mom and I, as I said, used to watch these shows. And we watched a lot of the competition, like big designer cakes kind of nonsense that became really popular. And there was one that just sticks in my brain where it was for like a Vegas showstopper type thing. And it was sugar work. And they made towers of this designer sugar work, like what they did cards that moved and all this crazy nonsense. And then after we watched that, I just turned to my mom and went, I want to do that. That's what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> and I was obsessed with it. My mom had no idea how to do any of it. And this was before the internet where I could really like look into it in depth. So essentially, like I kept talking about it. And I watched this show anytime it popped on. I just kept watching the rerun and just obsessed with sugar work. And then eventually, you know, I grew out of it because I didn't have an outlet or any way to pursue that in any capacity. And so I kind of completely forgot about it. I just, there was a show that popped up that was sugar work and it just brought it back to me. And I'm like, that's what I need to do. I need to do sugar work. And what's probably going to happen because of how I am with hobbies, as soon as I get really good at sugar work, I'll just stop baking (laughs) and be done. Like, oh, I achieved it. It's fine. We're done. That's over. Moving on. (laughs) And everybody will just be very disappointed. Everyone will be confused. All disappointed.
0: So since we've gone through your whole entire history,
1: (laughs) all of my beginnings, (laughs) beginnings. (laughs) my reboots, if you will, Uh,
0: do you want to give, I mean, I think, I think it's kind of a little bit redundant, but why was this particularly the topic that you chose for your first personal interview topic?
1: I picked it because it's a good way to talk about who I am as a person and that I am composed of sugar and rage. And I need that on a t-shirt. That is very much how my hobbies are, I've come to find, which is even funnier because baking is definitely rage and not sugar. (laughs) So my hobbies go between, like, it brings me joy. Like, I enjoy doing it. It brings me peace. It's sugar. It's awesome. And then there's these hobbies that just channel my burning undying rage. And that is very much baking. When people are like, oh, the secret key is love. I'm like, the secret key is my fucking rage. Like That cake is full of rage. (laughs) I'm going to put my fist in the cake. (laughs) Which I do have a story for this, okay. this particular. So I had a cake physically, spiritually, and emotionally completely destroy me. And I you know think I what know cake which, I speak of. I think I know
0: which cake this <laughs>
1: is. Oh, God. So, as I said, I started doing designer cakes more recently. I think it's been, I've done two cakes for my nephew. So, after I did the Captain America cake, I started doing my nieces and nephews' cakes which is great i love doing it they now know me as like the cake lady versus the random girl that occasionally showed up at their party so that's really nice and they're so excited and they love it that being said <laughs> the last one i did was for my nephew harding and he wanted a lego ninjago cake specifically the green ninja which i had to research this stupid kid show to find out all <laughs> The green ninja because it's it's more of a concept because it passes on through the generations. It's not just a particular person in green, it's like some weird <laughs> weapon of power. I don't know. I <laughs> like a lot about <laughs> <All laughs> Lego Ninjago this stupid cake. <laughs> so why is this kid's show so deep? I don't know. Like, it's just a Lego thing. But anyway. So he was like, yeah, I want a Lego Ninjago cake. And I had to keep texting his mom like, wait, is it Lloyd or is it the other Green Ninja? There's different generations. She's like, it's Lloyd. I'm like, okay, well, he's got two different masks. Like <laughs> I had to keep texting her like, which cake is he talking about? And I finally got one. Like, okay, great. And he wanted vanilla. So if you pick a boring flavor that I can't really like do anything special with within the cake, I try to amp up the inside of the cake. Uh, so for his cake, I decided to do that checkerboard. It's gonna look like Legos. I'm gonna do that primary color and it's gonna be all textured and layered and look like Legos, it's gonna be super cool. So it's Thursday, <laughs> 10 in the morning. My plan is to make the cake on Thursday and have it chill overnight and then do all the decorating Friday and drop it off Saturday morning. Typically my process, you know, more often than that goes smoothly. Thursday morning, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make uh, the primary colors and I'm gonna add green because you know, that's his favorite Lego Ninjago character, so I might as well have green Legos. I bake the cake, so it's four cakes. And I look up the instructions where you just cut it up, you measure it out, and then you layer them throughout. So you cut them up and you pull them out of each piece and layer them depending on different colors, like making sure they don't double in color. And then you stack it. Simple enough. As soon as I cut the cakes, they ripped apart. Like, I couldn't lift them from each other. I was like, okay, the cake's too light and fluffy. Damn, I'm so good at textures, so I guess I have to (laughs) make this more like (laughs) a pound cake. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll just thicken up the batter. Shouldn't be that hard. Bake the other set of cakes. Let them cool. Cut them up. Start Assembling them, but when you stack them, they just start falling apart, like they just can't handle that structure when they're cut up like that. I was like, God damn it, okay. Uh, I'm gonna look up a video and I'm gonna follow it to the T because clearly I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> so I'll follow to the T and it'll be fine. So now I'm on, I've already made eight cakes, I'm making <laughs> four more. <laughs> um, so I put the four cakes in the oven. It is now, and I'm like. Five, six o'clock. Get the cakes off the chill, whatever. Follow the rest. Follow the stupid tutorial to the tea. My cakes came up perfect. And they had it to where you stacked them, iced them, and then moved them to the plate. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you have it on the plate beforehand? Yeah. But clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to listen to this. So I do it as it says, and I go to move the cake. And it falls in part. Just breaks in half. Halfway there to the plate. <laughs> it's 10.30 p.m. <laughs> I took a picture because my mom, I was texting my mom of my struggle. I took a picture, sent it to my mom and said, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I just left my kitchen the way it was and went to bed. I just imagine you at this point just crying over the case. I wasn't yet. I was very just like, cool, I'm I'm going to go. Uh, Yep and the other thing is i'm dumping these cakes outside so like you look out my back door (laughs) and you just see this like confetti colored cake in the middle of my yard oh my god the raccoons must have been having the best day the crows my crow boys loved it um (laughs) so the next morning i get up early i get up at eight and i get going i'm like okay i have to have this cake like baked and chilled and everything and i before i can even decorate i'm like fuck putting in four colors. I'm doing three colors. If it doesn't work, you're not getting a fucking colored cake. I was <laughs> like, this is the last time. I am out of sugar and butter. Like I'm so tired. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> That's the point when it's rough for yeah. a baker. Well,
1: I wasn't out of butter, but I was, because I have so much butter, but I was out of sugar and flour and eggs. Like, I was like, this is this is it. Like, I can't do anymore. So I baked them and they stacked perfectly. I was like, oh, I should have just done for three colors. Yeah, fuck you, you piece of shit. And I had it stacked and I chilled, iced it and chilled it. And I went on my front porch on my back stretcher and just laid it in the sun and waited for it to chill in the fridge. I texted my mom because she went to work. I was like, Can you buy me eggs, vanilla, flour, and sugar? Bring it to me. And at this point, my mom came over and she's just put the grocery bags on the deck and was like, How are you doing? And I was like, Wonderful. Can't you tell? I'm doing great. This cake isn't breaking me down at all. She's like, well, how far are you? I put the first coat of fondant on the cake, and it's only 1 p.m. Yeah, I still have another cake to bake. (laughs) She was like, okay, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm like, thanks, Mom. (laughs) So I went back inside. The bottom cake was black fondant with these green detail, like, uh, knit work. And I did a bunch of little details all around it. And then on top was supposed to be a Lego head. So I did the bottom cake. And while it was chilling, I baked the top head. It was just a yellow cake. No problem, no fuss. <laughs> I iced it and chilled it. Took the other cake out and spent 4 hours on fondant details. And then I stacked the second tier on top of it. I'm so scared. Time. The, the story is filling me with so much anxiety. Imagine my world. <laughs> Every I was dead inside every moment. I'm like, if you just fall apart, that's my life. That's all it is. So, like, I just, I can't give you any more, okay, <laughs> Like, you've taken everything from me. So, everything's done. It's in the fridge. It's after midnight. I went to bed. I was covered in dye and fondant. Like, there was fondant on my legs and feet and everything. Like, kitchen was destroyed. I had to go get a spotlight for my dad because I couldn't see to do the details. <laughs> on oh, my God. My at work in my oh kitchen. My God. So there's is this towering industrial like, <laughs> spotlight off my table from working on the just crying, drawing details. Oh, I was, I was so so. I wake up the next morning half expecting the cake to just have fallen apart in the fridge. It was fine, everything was fine. I was like, cool. So now I have to take this thirty minutes in a car on my lap. Yep, because that's how I drive. I drive with cakes on my lap <laughs> and hold them while I'm steering i don't trust my car to take care of them for me so i have to do like the weird marsh like marching band stance on my legs to hold the stupid cake as i'm driving and i get there and you know like my nephew's like oh my gosh that's so awesome and i told him there was a surprise inside that i obviously worked really hard on and i forgot to mention with the checkered pattern cake if you don't cut it down the center you don't get the checkered pattern if you just cut on the edge you just get like the regular pattern cake colors I didn't say that because I, I was pretty, you know, out of it. And so my brother cuts in. Everyone's slightly disappointed. And I went, I'm going home. I didn't even care. I'm like, I'm just going home. Like Tom, my brother could tell I was just exhausted. He's like, no, it's okay. I'm sure like he, I'm like, he's a kid. I don't care. He just wants to eat the face off the of Lego. Just let him do it. I'm like, I'm so, I'm going home. I'm going to bed. And I didn't bake anything for at least a month. I was just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. I can't, that was my prime i can't do that again like that's the longest i'd gone baking in years i was just like no mm -mm, i'm done tap out (laughs) to be fair it was a good looking cake i know if
0: you fills you with so much rage There was probably so much extra salt in that cake from the rage and the tears. The sweat, the tears, the blood.
1: Exactly. God. My fingers were colored for days. They were just fucked up from all the stuff I had to do with that cake. See, that's always the fun
0: part about baking, though, is, like, it just kind of looks like you murdered a Smurf or something. Oh, yeah.
1: My feet get covered (laughs) all the time. Well, it's because, like, I drop things. I'll be working in my kitchen back and forth. It's just like I get dye and shower on my feet. The other thing, if I spray paint, I always get it on the bottom of my feet, and I don't understand why that always happens. To I don't me. understand. I don't understand. It's not on the tops, it's always the bottoms. I'm like, who even does this? What am I, a fairy? Like, what the hell? Okay. So now that you've gotten a good chance to hear about
0: Julie's rage, what about instead we kind of switch it up, <laughs> cool it down just a little bit? What would you say to somebody who wanted to start learning how to bake if they wanted to do it as a hobby what advice would you give them
1: well everyone's different so everyone kind of knows the easiest way for them to start or learn something like if you're an extrovert it's always easier with someone else there that kind of thing so keep those in mind baking is not as intimidating as it seems sure if you're gonna go build a lego cake i have a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff to tell you but if you just want to go and make a cheesecake for instance there's so many recipe variants. There's, like, you can get no-bake cheesecakes, which is super easy. You just whipping it together, throwing it together. It's super nice and simple. If you want to take a step up from that New York-style cheesecake, baking it, doing the lemon. Actually, I think it was Philadelphia. I never know. I bake too many cheesecakes. So I, can't tell, I can't tell the difference anymore. But you're an expert. <laughs> I am. It's, like they all, it's kind of like when you say Philadelphia roll with sushi. I'm like, I know I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> California roll. Hmm? Anyway, so... There's just so many levels that you can take it. If you just want raspberry, like just think of a concept and just explore that perfect flavor. Or if you used to cook and you miss it, but you were poor for so long and felt like you couldn't do it, try to bake that way. Try to make it as cheap as possible while still maintaining a flavor. I always like to just give myself challenges to accomplish. And that just makes makes it so much easier for me to kind of go somewhere and move towards it. If you just say, I want to bake this year, You're probably not going to do it. That's like saying, I want to lose weight this year. And then you don't ever make a plan or work towards something. And I try to be specific. Try to say, I want to bake the perfect cheesecake this year. Like, that's my best advice is try to get more specific.
0: Do you have any things that you think are like a particularly good starting point for somebody? Like if, let's just say they just don't really know anything about baking.
1: Well, I'd say working with eggs is something you should start early because it's very you learn very quickly what's wrong eggs are not forgiving <laughs> um i mean once you start to understand them you can kind of work with them better but at the beginning they're either scrambled or they're terrible like there's no real <laughs> in between and so for me like that was why creme brulee was so good because like i immediately knew it was wrong you could tell you could see in the texture you could taste it you could smell it like it was very obvious where with other bakes you won't know until it's done and then you done all this effort and worked through it and you're like this tastes terrible so I'd say as soon as you can try to work with custards and creams and these more egg-based if that really intimidates you I would say start with like an eggless mousse a chocolate mousse or like marscapone is very good for that and get that flavor and that texture and then just keep moving forward okay
0: okay moving on from that which I think I think probably for this next section because I know that we have a couple questions that we want to ask each other so let's let's do like a favorite facts, yeah. <laughs> like a couple like a couple things. Yeah, I'm trying to startle you. I'm startling facts out of you. So, couple uh, couple good facts, like things you think are pretty interesting, and then we'll move into like our couple questions that we have to ask each other about baking.
1: I'd say the big one I wrote down was entremets, and kind of like a tiny brief history into those. So some of you have probably watched baking shows and heard entremet, and that's a very intimidating uh, title.
0: Yeah. French the, is always intimidating. Yes.
1: It's the new thing. <laughs> as much as it's been, like, out for a couple years, it's very much, like, the patissier top-notch thing. It has a very weird history, and I find that really interesting, because translating in French, it means between servings, which when you think about this dessert, that does not translate at all. Like, that makes no sense. So it's Entreme means in between servings. Which absolutely makes, if you know what entreme is, which I will explain at the end, that makes no sense. <laughs> like, that's like, it's a dessert. Why is it called in between servings? So it started actually in the Middle Ages. It was between, it was something that happened between courses. It wasn't even a food necessarily. It started off as a jester or even like a business conversation between your food. So your food could settle and then you would eat more. <laughs> like it was kind of this thing of like bravado. Yes, yeah, so I have entertainment for this evening while we let our yeah. food settle. Because So we you're like,
0: so you're like eating a steak.
1: Let's have a business deal before we have (laughs) The entremet commenced. Yeah, it was so strange that that's how that started. After like the 17th century, it soon became a second course dessert. So it wouldn't even be like the main dessert. It would be like a palate cleanser or even like a cream. And then you would have a pie and they would kind of go together. So that's when they first became like a dessert. But today they kind of got revamped into what people usually call them mousse cakes. This is a broad, broad dessert spectrum. To me, when I define an entremet, it means three or more textures, three or more flavors. And I know that someone's going to come in and be like, I have an entremet that's only two flavors. Well, it's a shit entremet, so I don't care. <laughs> to me, like two flavors is easy. Two textures is easy. When you get to three, that's just turning it up a bit. That's just making it a little harder in both those regards. And to me, that's what an entremé is. It's me flourishing and showing like, I can do these textures. I can make a mousse and a cake and a twill and all this amazing stuff. And also, I know these perfect flavor combinations of lemon, raspberry, and cheesecake. It's just so obnoxious. It's one of the things I love about desserts is that desserts are all about being over the top and obnoxious. They're all about comfort and gloriousness. There's nothing necessary about a dessert. And to me, that's what life's about is those kinds of things. Yeah.
0: If anybody says anything about desserts, it's that they're pretentious.
1: Right. And that's the point. And that's what's so great about them is that I don't have to pretend like I'm not being pretentious. I am. Like, it's, it's obvious. <laughs> so I just really like that. So just for me,
0: then, because when I think of entremets, I think of little desserts.
1: What are the little ones then? What is that called? That technically could be an entremet as well. Like I said, it's three textures, three flavors. So a lot of people will make those domes where it's just it's a cake, it's a mousse and usually a jelly or a crunch in the center and then a glaze. That's still an entremet, but a lot of other people will get those big silicone molds that make these big cakes that are the same thing, just mm-hmm. larger. So entremés come in various; they're made usually with silicone molds because it's almost always mousse and cake. So they could be any shape, size, and design, and they almost always have a glaze of some sort to give you that real shine and beauty. And that's the other part of like, you're showing so many techniques. You're showing I baked a cake. I did this perfect mirror glaze, I did this perfect mousse, and all this timing that comes to do with it, it's such a bravado thing for a patissier to do. Yeah, <laughs> and that's Again, why I love it.
0: very pretentious. Perfect. <laughs> all of that perfection, you know, it's like when you have somebody who drinks a wine, and they're like, mm, the notes. The notes. <laughs> <laughs> Those notes.
1: Yes, but I'd say entremets are what I stick with most of the time when I do projects now. Because To me, that's the best way to kind of display some obnoxious project you're doing. But nobody ever asks for one. I'm like, well, everyone sucks. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> Probably because
0: it's a French word and it's scary. Eh, French I say it, it enough. You can you can say, y'all, we can say cheesecake.
1: We can do that. <laughs> well, people don't seem to be afraid to say macaroon in front of me despite me screaming at everybody. So I don't know why Andremay should be so scared. Look, here's the thing. You won't see me say it because I don't ask for it. Because
0: to me, this is, here's, here's my little rant. I think that they're little tiny packets of icing, and I would rather just eat icing.
1: (laughs) Is that an entremet or a macaron?
0: A macaron. Okay. Okay. So should I ask my secret question? Do it. Okay. I think you kind of went over this before with the Lego cake, but I don't think this is like quite the question that I want to ask. I want to know what's the worst thing you think you've ever made, but I'm kind of, I think I kind of more want to go in the angle of like, it was just like a failure. Like it didn't taste good. Nothing, you know, show
1: some humility, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I actually looked through my baking journal today to like, in case you're going to ask me a question like this. I I was looking more for like, What's your best thing ever made? I thought you'd be nicer to me, but Well, we're... I think you have one in
0: there where you're asking me, so I figured I could turn the, the, the table. Cops. Well,
1: because you know, you
0: spent a lot of this time talking about, you know, your goods and stuff. So um Yeah, and how a cake destroyed me. <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. People need to know People the need hardships. To know such troubles that I've seen. They need to know that there's some failures, but you're still gonna rise. You're still gonna become a master of cheesecake. Right. <laughs>
1: Uh, the other, it kind of goes hand in hand with a Lego story. The reason why I say that, like, that cake broke me is I fucked up the next three projects I did. Nothing was happening correctly. And I was just like, it's that Lego cake. It cursed me. It's dead to me. <laughs> it ruined me totally. It was the thing in the Lego with the guy and the different it's universes and... <laughs> ruined me. Um, he <laughs> spent too much time researching Lego <laughs> Ninjago. <laughs> so much information I don't need in my brain. Um, I would probably say my Viking cake. So I petitioned online. I was like, I want to make a summer dessert project. Tell me what I should make. And I made a whole list of these really like pretentious titles. And everybody wanted me to make a Viking cake. So then I came up with a couple designs. And I was really favoring, I wanted a pool of blood. I wanted to do like a raspberry cake and have an axe in the pool of blood, essentially. So it wasn't complex, but it still had levels to Levels to it that would be difficult for me. That's not what anybody else wanted. Everybody wanted me to make a fucking Viking ship in the ocean. <laughs> I was like, fuck, fine. <laughs> People have spoken, I guess. And so I just went at it head first as I do with most things. I was like, well, I wanted it to be Viking flavors too. And I wanted to get weird with the flavors. So the flavors weren't terrible, but they definitely were weird, which is what I was going for. I made a traditional like honey tea cake. That is very weird. <laughs> It's not bad. It's not a dessert. It tastes more like a protein cake or something like that.
0: I guess I could imagine it being how scones generally are in like Great Britain. Where it's like maybe they're kind of sweet, but not like...
1: Yeah, it was... The honey was sweet, but it was pungent. I had to use this raw honey and mead to add that flavor profile. And then you use like a whole two cups of brewed tea. So the cake's not that sweet. It's very thick and dense. And then I made a honey whipped mascarpone mousse to go on top of it and then through the center because i wanted to crunch i made a candied prosciutto so it was a very weird cake <laughs> flavor-wise not bad but definitely weird i'm sure there's some people in the world they're like oh my god that sounds amazing i'm like you're weird but that's <laughs> fine everyone has their things and that's actually <laughs> exploding eyeball guy that was the first thing he talked to me about he was just like i want to devour that cake i'm like why well, are <laughs> fucking weird <laughs> that's <laughs>
0: Exploding eyeball guy. Oh man, it's gonna be so good when he comes
1: on this podcast. That's how I'm gonna introduce, That's him. How you're gonna introduce him. I'm sure he's be thrilled. But, um, so I made the cake, and then after that, I was like, all right, I'm gonna make a mirror glaze to do the ocean so it's reflective, and I'm gonna take sugar domes and make waves out of sugar, and I'm going to make the boat out of chocolate. None of that worked out. <laughs> I mean the colors were cool, I guess. Like I did cool ocean colors and but the ship did not turn out no matter what I did. And anytime I was shaping the chocolate, it would snap. And so I made like a really thick bar of chocolate and just carved into it like you would a boat into a log. <laughs> I was like, this works, this is logical. <laughs> Julie made a ship. <laughs> he made a ship. And it just kept busting. I had to like melt it back together on like the weird parts. And it was just this block of chocolate on my cake. And I was like, I'm fucking done. I don't care. It <laughs> sort of looks like a boat. <laughs> I'm done. And then I made oars out of fondant. And it was too warm in my kitchen because it was summer. So the fondant just kept bending and being really loose. And I was like, dry out, you stupid bitch. Like, it's an oar. <laughs> it's supposed to be straight. So I finally, like, I gave up, put it up. And then I, like, angled the ship on one of the sugar bubbles to make it look like it's, like, hitting a wave. And then my mousse decided it was too hot, and it started falling apart. So then, like, the mirror glaze just started falling off of the cake. <laughs> and I was like, all right, and I threw it in the freezer. I need to make a sale for those stupid fucking boats. <laughs> so I got sugar out. I got isomalt, and I, like, made this little block of white sugar and then arced it a little bit so it had, like, a sale. And it looked okay. It kind of looked like Swiss cheese, but not <laughs> with the holes. Like, if you get, like, the American... Craft slices, (laughs) but white. That's what it looked like. (laughs) It sounds so beautiful. And I like, I put, I I was just trying to get a picture. I'm like, I just need to get a picture to put into the book of horrors. And then I'm done and I can throw this cake away. (laughs) I also had like a raspberry coolie in the middle of it that just started separating. The cake started splitting like layers. And so I posed it. I put it under my oven because I have a really nice light. And like I balanced the sail and as I'm taking a picture, because it's on your iPhone and it records, you know what I mean? Where like the picture moves, you literally in the picture, if you hold it and play it, the sale falls off like in the middle of the picture. <laughs> and I was like, and we're done. And I just threw it in the fridge. I got a couple pieces out. I took it to my parents. We ate it and we're like, yeah, that's not great. Like, yeah, it's not great. Like, it's, everything about this cake is pretty shameful. <laughs> like, summer. And that was the first thing I made after the Lego cake. <laughs>
0: Julie went into her baking journal and she put a picture of this and underneath just a small frown.
1: Now I rate them and write notes for every one of them and I wrote I'll try again later. <laughs> this is like 2 out of 10 redo summer 2021. Oh no! I know! Oh god! I'm not excited! It's coming! It's coming! It's happening!
0: Oh no, we have to, we have to get an Instagram or something before
1: that. <laughs> Well, Your progress. Yeah. So hopefully it's not worse. <laughs> I don't want to make another Viking shit. God damn it.
0: <laughs> Just kind of weird tasting. But but you know, maybe if you do make it summer 2021, then exploiting eyeball guy. Can
1: yeah, he'll, he'll crush it. <laughs> and
0: maybe he'll like it, or maybe he'll
1: think it's kind of weird. No, I think he'll love it. He's he's a meat lover. He's a Viking at heart. Okay. Did you have one more question that you wanted to ask? Two more me? questions for you. You have two. Two. So what is the best dessert you've ever had? Even if I haven't made it, I will scorn you, but that's fine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you knew about this question!
0: <laughs> this, um, this isn't
1: the secret question. I thought you would have had an answer. I don't know. Really?
0: That's kind of a hard one for me. I don't think... I don't feel like I'm very pretentious when it comes to desserts. I feel like I've had a lot of Good ones, but there's not like a lot that I could put on a block and be like, yeah, that's the best I've ever had.
1: Well, what's funny when I thought about it about my personal ones, not necessarily like everyone else's. One of your birthday desserts was definitely on the top of my list of best dessert flavor I've ever had. It was your last one. It was that strawberry charlotte yeah. cake? That was I' so good. <laughs> I did really like that one.
0: And I really liked I think there was a while ago you made me like a icebox cake. Oh, the strawberry icebox cake. That one was really good. I really like but then again, I, I like fruit stuff. That's <laughs> that's kind of my thing. Like my favorite cookies, lemon, you know, I like strawberry shortcakes. Every year when I was a kid for my birthday, I would always want strawberry pie. Cause I just I'm a fruit strawberry person. Girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cause I was born in the summertime, so I'm a berry girl, but <laughs> I really like fruity things. So I think like, I feel like in general, those are the things that tend to top my list. I do also sometimes like really decadent chocolate stuff, but that's a little bit different because normally to me, that's like, I want a bite of that and then I'm good, but I like it every once in a while. Like when you have a really, cause like I said, in the entreme. When you have a really hot cake with really cold ice cream or something, there's just something so good about that. It's, I feel like it's the strangest thing to just describe that because that, like in itself, that doesn't sound good. Like you think about that, like with anything else, like you have like a pot pie, you put it in the microwave, it's cold in the center, it's hot on the outside. (laughs) That's disgusting.
1: But you do that with dessert. And oh my gosh, it's just well, so good. <laughs> when I get onto cookies, I have to have milk. I have to have that ice cold milk and that warm gooey cookie. Like that's so great. And then when you have brownies and ice cream, like that's just, yeah. well, that's what I love about entremets is the idea of like, you have multiple flavors, multiple textures. There's so much depth to it, which can I do my macaron rant? <laughs> Okay. All right. Or do you want this? Me... Okay,
0: here's how you can end out uh, this episode of the podcast. You can no, have... I, have a, I have a secret
1: question, and then.
0: Okay, ask I'm me just... the secret question first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't d- ask me the secret question with That's less right. sass. I have all this pent up rage. You're not letting me release. You're about to. <laughs> secret question first. I keep finding moments where I'm like, this is a good segue. Let's do rage, and you won't let me. Uh, <laughs> my secret question is you mentioned that you've always kind of associated cooking with me like ever since you've known me and been around me I've always been cooking and making food do you find it surprising that this time in my life that I've decided to do designer cakes and been like really into the desserts or did you just assume that would happen to me (laughs) Um, I mean, did I assume
0: that that would happen to you? That's that's a weird question, <laughs> that that would happen. Julie would get Julie. struck by the cake gods <laughs> and be a baker. No, I mean, I always knew that you liked cooking. And stuff. I mean, see, it's, it's weird because we've grown up together and, you know, we've gone through a lot of phases. And I think, like, when you were younger, I probably thought that you were going to do music that was probably what I thought you were gonna do. And then as you got older, I probably thought that you were gonna do something more sciencey. But I think that like the cooking stuff has always kind of made sense to me. For you, I never really saw it as a main hobby until more recently. Because I think like when you were younger, like I always knew you liked to cook, but it wasn't, oh yeah, Julie is gonna do that for a living. You never really, like I think we had a couple friends in our friend group who they really like to cook, too. And they would talk about, you know, wanting to be a cook or a baker or this and that. And I never really saw that, like, same part of you I think it was a necessity recently. when I was younger.
1: I was just kind yeah. of like, well, if I want good food, I have to make it, apparently.
0: All right, Julie. Rage? Pent-up rage. rage. Do you want to let me out? Now that's a secret question. Oh, God. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared
1: of the rage. It's so pent up. She's been talking about it for an hour and a half. (laughs) Ah, my macaron rage. Okay. As I've already mentioned, this isn't the only part of macarons that gives me rage. I've already talked about some of it. That's how enraging this dessert is to me, is that I have multiple levels of rage for this. i already mentioned, if you say macaroon, I will physically harm you if you mean macaron. (laughs) I will correct you once, and then you'll get slapped. Macarons have become this big trend pisses me off to no end. If you've had a macaron in the past couple years, probably in America, it's probably absolute shit. People take me all the time. They're like, oh, the macarons are the best here. They're shit, they're terrible, they're frozen. Do not freeze macarons. Macarons are designed to be eaten within three days. That is what is supposed to happen. You're supposed to have macarons within three days of baking them. You're not supposed to freeze them. They're not supposed to be like cake. They're not supposed to be filled with fucking icing. They're not supposed to be bigger than your fucking palm. Like, I have... I get so mad. (laughs) So many people will be like, oh, no, this place is great. I'm like, I bet you're a fucking liar. Like, that's just... It's become one of those things. I have not been to a place that's good since we went to France. Like, it's just... And I don't say that to be pretentious. I honestly don't. It's every time someone takes me, I'm just like, this is shit. Like, I don't... I mean, as I've said before, I don't like macarons. No. So Macarons are an amazing dessert. There is so much that you can do with a macaron you can make it any shape any color any flavor combination and on top of that it has at least two textures no matter what you do to it because of the way that you make the shell and then you make cream in the center so it actually has three because you have that crushy shell on the outside you have the gooey cake that is the other part of the shell and then you have the filling which could also then have crumbles or crunches you could do so much it's such an amazing fantastic dessert that people have ruined (laughs) It has become the pretty patty of the cookie world, and it pisses me off, okay? So the other thing is that because I know how to make them, because I understand them, I get asked to make them, and I want to punch those people in the face. I'm like, do you know what goes into this? Do you know how particular and fickle this piece of shit dessert is? It's not worth it. Like, it's Unless I am in a competition or I'm making some fantastic design... It's not worth it if you ask me to make a vanilla macaron i'm going to kill you like there is no reason to make a vanilla macaron like that is so stupid like i don't understand like if it is raining they will not dry or rise if if you have egg whites that are just a day too old they'll be like nah i'm not working with this like they are so particular when you're trying to make them anything can make it go wrong and so, because of that's the other reason why I'm like, why would you buy frozen ones? What's the point? It's not even that good. Like at its core, it's not. Unless you do something magical with it, there's no fucking point. <laughs> and I get so mad. Uh, it's because anymore people like to be
0: bougie. That's exactly. what it is. It's just it's a pretty thing. It's I a mean, pretty patty. I'm gonna get you a shirt that says macaron, not worth it. <laughs> not worth.
1: it. <laughs> and on the back, be like, I will fuck you up. <laughs> macarons. <laughs> it's just No, I it's make beautiful. them. <laughs> I make them for Christmas every year. Okay, Krista gets them for Christmas every year, which actually your husband that's his favorite one isn't it? Mm. because he likes pistachios. Yeah. But to me like that one's perfect. Like it's got the creamy ganache. It's ganache. It's not frosting. I swear to God. Oh no. Next person who gives me a goddamn macaron that is made with a frosting center, I'm going to crush it into their eyeballs until they are blind from sugar. Like, I hate it when they put icing instead of ganache. Like You can do a custard, you can do a jelly, you can go do a ganache. Even if you do icing, you can just do a little layer and then put some jelly or put some crumbly in the center. No, if you just put a whole fucking layer and dollop of icing, I'm going to kill you. Like, it's not what it's for. <laughs> makes me so mad <laughs> i can't stand it <laughs> i spent months getting good at this and some idiot takes me to a fucking bakery and is like they're the best and then the size of my fucking face and i'm like they're shit i can tell right now they're shit so they're like i don't i don't want to tell this person to their face because i'm sure they get glorious like reviews and everything else and i don't want to be the one to tell them like <laughs> you're shit and i hate you but i really need to go to every bakery and do that <laughs> it's just Break them all down.
0: (laughs) It is. I mean, that is, like, a very weird thing that it has. I mean, okay, there's the bougie thing, right? Like, this is, like, a patissier thing. So, like, it's kind of weird that, like, definitely somebody went to baking school and then just decided, I'm going to make them like this. (laughs) And then that's, like, now the thing. Well, you could even argue it's the same thing that happened to
1: fruitcakes. Yeah. There's this... Fruitcakes are so hard and so... So much detail goes into it, so much money goes into it. And now people have just made this cheap, artificial, piece of shit version of it. And that's not what people think of. And that's what's gonna happen to macarons, is that people are gonna associate to macaroons and make it this cakey, bullshit, colorful thing. That's just dye and sugar and icing. And that's not what they were. That's not they started out this glorious expertise thing. That's why when you watch like the Great British Bake Off, people have so much anxiety and they're just like, oh my god, he's gonna taste my macarons. Like And that also blows my mind. I'm like, why would you do that in a tent? (laughs) You're just giving yourself heart palpitations. (laughs) Like, I'm so anxious for you. (laughs) This is going to go horribly wrong. That's even funnier when they go, that was perfect. And they're like, oh my God, I can die. He said my macaron was perfect. I think
0: think that this is what we need to do at some point. When you're making them fresh, I need to be there and I need to have one. Because this is how I'm going to settle it once and for all, as to whether I like these things or not. Because I swear, every time... It doesn't matter if I've had them at a bakery. It doesn't matter if I've had yours. It doesn't... I have never liked these things. They're fine. That's the way that I kind of always describe them, is I'm like, it. I mean, like, if you gave me one, yeah, I'm gonna eat it, but, like, I
1: would rather eat something else. <laughs> I think if I made you, like, a strawberry lemonade one, I think that would do it for you. Because that's what's great about them, is that I can make a mimosa, but it's a macaron. You can take any concept of flavors... Well, sweet. I wouldn't try to do savory one. That'd be fucking rude. But um, (laughs) now I have to. But anyway, (laughs) uh, you can take any of these concepts and put it into this little cookie that has all these textures to it. And that's why conceptually I love the idea of macarons. It's just everyone has ruined it for me and just made me filled with rage about it so much. So I think if I made you like strawberry lemonade or even like, I think you'd like blueberry lemonade even more. Even though you love strawberry, I think you're more preferable to blueberry.
0: No, I like,
1: I like fruits,
0: and I like citrus. Citrus yeah. is a big one for me, too. I do yeah. tend to really like citrus stuff.
1: So. so, I could,
0: yeah, I already thought of one.
1: <laughs> Alright,
0: I have the recipe. One more. of the next times. One of the next times that we're together, or, well, it doesn't have to be one of the next times, but just sometime in the future. Well, have
1: you witnessed me baking in my kitchen? Something like that? I cost a lot. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's all the reach. That's fine. Christmas, I'm half drunk and cussing while I'm staying up late making cookies.
0: I'll just play Mario Galaxy.
1: <laughs> just be in the corner like, are you okay? Fucking Just shit break.
0: I'm like, I'm gonna beat it then.
1: <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> I'm gonna do that one, the toy time Mario one. <laughs> oh, yeah, just don't go in the kitchen if I'm doing something intense. Significant others have learned that the painful way. I've literally thrown food, like, out of my way because I got mad. I was like, "Hey, I noticed you put your plate that you took out of the microwave on my cooling rack that my cookies have to go onto. Why'd you think that was a good idea?" And I just threw it on the floor. I'm like, "Go get takeout. I'm like, get the fuck out of my kitchen. Like, I told you not to be here. I have no remorse. I don't give a shit." It's
0: fine. I'll just be in my little corner, just watching, just watching. you. Feel like okay, she's not done. <laughs>
1: That's nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay well this seems like a very interesting way to end this but I think that's it and I think that probably to a certain extent we should probably stop here okay. because I think we could talk about this forever I think Julie probably could talk about this forever
1: but I think we've given you all the details I have one last thing short and sweet my favorite to is Adriano Zumbo you should watch his show <laughs> Very intense. He's known as, like, the Willy Wonka of the pastry world right now. He looks a little weird, I will admit. He doesn't have a very, like, warm, welcoming face. <laughs> but <laughs> he is mind-blowing. I have one of his books. His first recipe, I can't I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. But the flavor combination is bubblegum, banana, and peanut butter. And that's what he does. And then what's even funnier is his show the people get to taste like some of the stuff he makes and he'll describe them and before they taste them, they just pan over and they're like, what the fuck Like, who who would do this? That's insane. And then they taste and they go, that is the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my life. Like every single time. and I love it so much. It's so great. Cause they're just like, he's insane. Why would they do that? Oh my God, it's insane. How couldn't you do this? Like And I <laughs> peanut butter, gum, and banana. Yeah. Like, he has his vanilla eight cake in there and I'm so excited. I wanted to make that cake for I don't know how long. It's intense. Well now you get to, but we'll have to we'll have to
0: talk about it in the next one when you make the cake. That'll be the next. The far down the line once you've made the, the cake. We'll be like, Julie made it, yay yeah, or nay. And you'll be like, Yay. Yeah. And we'll be like, Okay.
1: I've messed up so many times, but I did it.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that is it for our baking episode. So you feel like you did it fully, Julie?
1: No. I could talk a lot more. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's just one of those things I just I could literally just rage about macarons for an hour and a half, apparently, so it's Maybe I, that'll have to be a separate episode. I mean, I think I did it justice I think people will understand now and hopefully certain people that have asked me for them will now realize how I really feel about it. Yeah, <laughs> Or they won't. They don't. They never do. It's fine. <laughs> I've tried. I've literally told people, I'd rather die to spike the making macarons and they're still like, oh, that's so Like, it's not a joke, woman. I will end you before I make these fucking cookies for you. No. This was Passion for Your Passions with Julie
0: and Krista, where we talked about
1: baking. (laughs) rage <laughs> rage <each. laughs> <laughs>